Episode 44, The Worst Toys of 2022. Originally written January 30, 2023. And so the year 2022 has come and gone. And after taking a look at my favorite toys of the past year, it's now time to take a look at the other side of this toy collecting coin. With the great number of toys I buy in any given year, it's only natural that there will be some purchases that don't quite meet my expectations. The reasons for these disappointments vary from toy to toy, but in the end, they are all sources of regret. But it's not all bad, and if there is any sort of silver lining to be had, documenting these toy fails gives me the opportunity to reflect on what went wrong, and to hopefully avoid the same mistakes in the future. So with all that being said, let's get this party started. Let's start things off with some Marvel Legends. First up, Marvel Legends Cosmic Ghost Rider. Objectively, this figure really shouldn't be on this list. Cosmic Ghost Rider is a pretty cool looking figure. And if I'm not mistaken, Hasbro didn't scrimp or cheap out on this release, as both figure and vehicle seem to be pretty unique and original sculpts. So given that, why is it on this list? Well, simply put, I'm not a huge fan of either Ghost Rider or The Punisher. While I do recognize their importance in the Marvel Universe, which is why I have figures of each of them, I couldn't care less about this alternate take of this amalgamation of these two characters. So, why did I end up getting it? Well, like I said, he did look cool, and he was being sold dirt cheap on clearance. And I was so bored I figured, what the hell? And in hand, he didn't do anything for me. I just put him on my secondary display room and have basically forgotten about him. And speaking of other characters I couldn't care less about, I present to you the Marvel Cinematic Universe versions of Miss Marvel and the Mighty Thor. Ever since their introduction in comics, I couldn't care less about either character, and I had no particular interest in seeing them in any form in the MCU. Of all the Disney Plus shows, Miss Marvel was definitely the one that I liked the least. Granted, I probably wasn't the intended target audience for the show. I still can say that, objectively speaking, it was a pretty mediocre show at best. It seemed like the writer's main purpose of the show was to showcase more of the Pakistani and Muslim culture than to tell an actual story. Look, I'm all for diversity and representation, but not at the expense of a good story, which is what I felt this series lacked. If I wanted to know more about other cultures, I would watch an educational show or documentary, not a supposed superhero show. But enough of this rant, the only reason why I got this figure was because she was part of the Konshu Build-A-Figure wave, most of which I did want especially Konshu. But even putting that aside, as a figure, she's a major disappointment as she looks nothing like the actress Iman Vellani in the show. And then we have the mighty Thor. Now I can write a whole post about why I think at its core this whole Lady Thor concept is dumb. But let's leave that for another time. Be it as it may, I was a huge fan of Taika Waititi and Thor Ragnarok. So I was hopeful that he would find a way to make me care for an extremely undersized Natalie Portman Thor. Anyway, as is the case most of the time, the figures of Love and Thunder came out well before the actual movie, and right out of the gate, Mighty Thor was the clear hot item from the bunch. And needless to say, I got caught up in the hype. Not being able to source one locally for a decent price, I resorted to Amazon. And to make up for the international shipping cost, I decided to get two, as I figured that I could easily sell the extra one at a padded cost. Unfortunately, by the time I got my two Thors, the movie had come and gone to rather lukewarm reviews and all the hype around the Mighty Thor had died down considerably. As a figure, the Mighty Thor is just… okay. I mean, it's obvious that Hasbro put a lot of budget into it. But at the end of the day, it just looks like Natalie Portman cosplaying with a very elaborate Thor costume. She's tiny. 
and far from imposing. Next to the Chris Helmsworth Thor, she looks like a kid. And it doesn't help that her oversized Mjolnir makes her look even more comical. Anyway, as hard as I tried, I could not get anyone to buy my extra Minton Box Mighty Thor, even at a reduced price. So in the end, I found a local store willing to take her in as a trade for a loose Razorback from the newly released Spider-Man box set. The fact that I happily took an obscure C-list villain with an oversized warthog head over this Thor just shows oh how so far the mighty had fallen. Sticking with the MCU, we have the final Marvel Legends entry. And it's a big one, the entire MCU Eternals wave. Now these guys are here for a completely different reason. While not many people would pick the Eternals as their favorite MCU Phase 4 movie, I actually liked it quite a bit. Yes, it's not perfect and definitely it has its faults, but at the very least, it's quite unique and different. I enjoyed the movie enough to immediately buy the entire wave of figures, the two extra store exclusives, and the deviant villain Crow, who really didn't amount to anything, all at full retail price. Okay, okay, I think I got Crow at a deeply discounted rate though. Anyway, as the story goes, it seemed that Hasbro was expecting the movie to do a lot better and pretty much overproduce the toys. And in no time at all, they were peg-warming in stores everywhere. As the months passed, I saw these guys going on clearance with their prices going lower and lower and lower. Even to this day, a full two years since the movie's release, true to their eternal name, you can still find them in stores, selling for about one-fifth of their original retail price. And although I really do like these figures and have them proudly displayed on their own reserved spot, Every time I look at them, I'm reminded of just how much money I could have saved if I had just been a little bit more patient. Yes, I pay a premium price for being a collector with little self-control who wants everything now, now, now. And speaking of self-control, let's move on to the Star Wars Black series. As it was here, where in an effort to curb my overall toy spend and practice a little bit more self-control, I ended up with another regret for 2022. In the past, I would have automatically clicked on the pre-order button for both the Clone Wars Mace Windu and the Umbra Operative Clone Trooper. But this time around, I decided to practice a little self-restraint and not get them at their original pre-order price. As cool as they both looked, especially the Umbra Operative, I told myself that they were just ancillary variants of other characters that I didn't really need in my collection. So I passed on them. Fast forward a few months later and these guys started arriving into collectors' hands and my sense of regret grew with every YouTube video I watched. Of course, by this time, both characters were nowhere to be found in any of the local stores. And in the end, my fear of missing out or FOMO won out, and I ended up paying a premium for these guys from an international online store. While the figures themselves were decently priced, the shipping was killer. And once again, to help lessen the shipping costs sting, I decided to get two Umbra Troopers with a plan to sell off the other. Hmm, doesn't that sound familiar? so you know where this one is heading. Anyway, by the time I got them, Mace Windu was restocked in many stores and could be obtained at a lower price than what I originally paid for. And the extra Umbra Trooper took forever to sell, and I ended up selling him below the price that I had originally hoped for. So yeah, while these figures in themselves aren't bad, in a rare case when I tried to practice a little self-control, I ended up spending more. So definitely a low light of 2022. So moving on, one of the highlights of last year was finally completing the Bad Batch on my shelf. Unfortunately, doing that meant adding another disappointment purchase for the year, Omega. On a whole, I'm still a bit lukewarm on the Bad Batch series, and a big reason for that was the addition of Omega to the team. 
given that I do recognize why she was added and her specific purpose, which is to help the Bad Batch transition from their old reality as soldiers in a rigid clone army into the new one where they are forced to evolve into actual individuals and fend for themselves. That being said, Omega the figure itself is, well, blah, and pretty boring on her own. The least Hasbro could have done was include the droid AZ-3, who is more of a reoccurring character in the series rather than that one-off lizard creature Ruby. While I don't see myself replacing my Bad Batch with the inevitable recolored release from Hasbro based on their Season 2 designs, I do think I will replace as Omega once they give us an older, more seasoned one. It's not a complete loss though because I think this one can be repurposed into a young Boba Fett with a customized head sculpt. Now when it comes to Star Wars, while I am primarily a Black Series collector, I do occasionally turn to the Japanese company SH Figuarts to get certain characters that Hasbro has yet to release. Despite being over double the price of a typical Black Series figure, SH Figuarts releases so little Star Wars stuff in a given year that I usually don't think twice when there is a new announcement and readily click on the pre-order link. And such was the case for their take on Luke Skywalker based on his appearance in the Mandalorian series. When I finally got this guy in hand months later, despite mostly being a very well done figure, he really didn't do anything for me. I placed him on my Mandalorian display, mysteriously shrouded in his terribly executed wired cloak and promptly forgot about him. And when Hasbro finally announced their impending release of the same figure, my pricey purchase got even less exciting with more buyer's remorse creeping in. Fortunately, he wasn't very difficult to sell off and I basically got back what I spent for him, so all is good. If anything, this served as a good lesson for me. While in the past it seemed well worth it to spend the extra cash on an SH Figuarts figure, improvements in engineering and deco such as photorealistic faces in the Black Series line have sort of narrowed the gap between these two companies and many collectors' opinions. So moving forward, I will definitely think twice before pre-ordering anything from SH Figuarts. On the Transformers front, I've got the Red Diaclone-based repaint of Hoist, called Lift Ticket, and Aussie, which is a masterpiece take on the minibot Outback by third-party company Fans Toys. As an, um, older collector from the Philippines, my first taste of transforming robots wasn't actually Transformers per se, but Diaclone, the Japanese toy line where most of the original Transformer toys were taken from. As such, I've always had a soft spot for Diaclone-themed recolors of official Transformer toys, and I've picked up most of them that Hasbro has thrown my way. But when first announced, the Red Hoist renamed Lift Ticket just didn't really get me all that excited and I marked him off as an easy pass. But in a moment of weakness, when a number of other new toys came out in retail that I readily bought, I decided to throw Lift Ticket into the mix as well because, well, I could. And while he's a fairly decent toy as expected, it wasn't long before I started regretting this impulse buy. Anyway, for now he's still chilling with the rest of my Diaclone crew, but the jury is still out on how long he'll last. Now if they would only release a Yellow Trailbreaker or a Red Mirage. And then we have Aussie. Now to be fair, I'm not putting this on Fans Toys, who is by far probably one of the best third-party companies when it comes to classic Generation 1 Transformers. The problem with Aussie is based more on the really crappy design of the Outback character for the cartoon that Fans Toys slavishly followed. So in the end, while quality-wise he has everything you'd expect from a Fans Toys release, and he is much better than the only other option for an MP Outback, Backland by Bad Cube, he just looks weird, and his articulation suffers greatly from this really bad design. But I guess that's just the price you have to pay for cartoon accuracy. Next up are a bunch of turtles. As I mentioned in previous entries, I fell into a major turtle hole last year. 
And despite me constantly telling myself that I am not a hardcore TMNT collector, admittedly, I do have quite a lot of turtles on the shelf. For me, it's not enough to have the four core turtles, but I need to have my favorite iterations of Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael, and Michelangelo. So I got my Mirage comic turtles, the live-action turtles, and the first Nickelodeon cartoon turtles. And I wanted to get an original 80s cartoon setup to top it all off. Being a little late to the party, I missed the boat on both offerings from SH Figuarts and NECA, which came out a few years back. And I definitely didn't want to spend a premium for them on the secondary market. And so I came across these guys from the Loyal Subjects BSTAXN line, and they seemed to fit the bill. They were decently priced and looked to be about the right size for a cartoon set. Despite watching a lot of lukewarm reviews on these guys, against better judgment, I went ahead with my purchase. Usually with such lowered expectations, you would think that these guys might surprise me. But they didn't. They were just as bad as advertised. Objectively speaking, they are some of the worst turtle toys that I've laid my hands on. They've got very limited articulation, soft rubbery weapons, and misshapen heads. I don't know, they just look a little too flat. Okay, so maybe I'm being a little bit too nitpicky. They're not completely terrible for what they are. The figure construction is fairly solid, but I mean for me I guess they're just okay. They serve their purpose of giving me some 80s cartoon representations, and so they remain in my collection. That is, until something better comes along. And finally, we have Ultimate Spumira from Super 7. So the original classic Spumira toy was released as part of the first and only wave of Mattel's Club Third Earth subscription service way back in 2016. And even back then, she had one major flaw. She was too tall, easily dwarfing both her wave mates Lionel and Panthro. So when Super 7 took over and restarted the line years later, they set off to fix that mistake by announcing the re-release of a slightly tweaked Pumaira with the correct height. So despite already having Pumaira, I figured that this would be a worthwhile purchase. Only when she finally arrived, much to my disappointment, she was only slightly shorter. The difference with the original Mattel one was almost negligible, and she still towered over most of the other cats. And to make matters worse, her finish, especially her face, actually looked like a step down from the original release at least in my opinion. I have no idea what happened between the original announcement of this supposed improved version and the final release, but the bottom line is that we did not get what we were promised, and I ended up with two oversized Pumairas in my collection, which was extremely disappointing. Ultimately, I ended up heavily modifying my original Motel version and shaving off a good portion of her upper legs in order to make her closer in height with Chitara. Fortunately, her mini skirt covered up all the messy amateur work that I did underneath. But at the end of the day, I'm happy with the end result. And as for this supposed improved version of Pomyra, well, she's currently in storage waiting for anyone interested in getting her off my hands. And that should cover it for all the disappointments of 2022. Like I said at the beginning of this video, with the sheer amount of toys that I get in a given year, it's only inevitable that some of them fall short of my expectations. Yes, it can be frustrating, but that's just part of the hobby. So what are some of your greatest disappointments and worst purchases of 2022? Let me know in the comments below and tell me your story. Thanks for watching Stories from the Toy Shelf Redux. If you enjoyed this story, please click on the like button and subscribe to the channel to help me tell more. Until the next one.